On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the Model Y is being delivered to customers, and we've got measurements and more. Plus, Elon Musk continues to contemplate where to build the next Gigafactory in the United States, and in-car Easter egg has an Easter egg in that and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey with you here on the March 15th episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. It's episode 241. Daisy the Boxer Puppy is to my left, chilling out, looking out the window. And it's a big week, a big week in the world of Tesla because the Model Y has officially been delivered to customers. I had a, a contact to Tesla reach out here on, it's Friday the 13th as I record, as usual, Friday night. And uh, a, a representative, well, a contact of mine at Tesla, let's say, did confirm that deliveries happened today at his location, and I'm sure people are posting up across the various uh, sites and communities as well. So congratulations to those of you out there in the very first wave of Model Y owners. That is just fantastic news. And again, I mentioned it last week, if you're in the Bay Area and you have taken delivery or are about to take delivery and you wouldn't mind showing me the car and maybe letting me interview you for the podcast about what you think about it, drop me a line. Let me know. My email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. All right, let me get started with the world of Tesla news this week. And I begin, of course, no surprise, with the Model Y. The exterior dimensions and uh, an interesting, maybe unexpected little uh, software feature have been revealed this week before the delivery started, courtesy of Tesmanian. They get the credit here. And uh, by the way, the images that they posted, are, they're clearly internal Tesla images, so I am not inclined to doubt these figures. If you have been curious as to the exact dimensions of the Model Y, so that it, you can see if it's going to fit in your garage compared to the Model 3, Model X, what have you. We now have those numbers. The Model Y is 187 inches long compared to the Model 3 at 184.8 inches and the Model X at 198.3 inches. Uh, Width-wise, the width of the car, the Model Y, 75.6 inches compared to Model 3's 72.8 inches, and Model X at 78.7 inches. So you can see the differences here between those three cars. And then as far as the height, how tall the car is, Model Y at 64 inches high, Model 3 56.8, and the Model X, without the doors open of course, 66.3. So fairly close. The Model Y almost as tall as the Model X there. The overall width, including folded mirrors. I'm mentioning this statistic specifically for those of you who <laughs> maybe you're like me and you have a, an old kind of narrow one car garage opening that you're looking to get a Model Y through. So the overall width, including folded mirrors. So with the mirrors folded in, and that is 779 inches compared to the Model 3 as a reference point, 76.1 inches with the mirrors folded in. So the Y is just over two inches longer than the 3, which I expected. It's almost almost three inches wider, and I, I admit that was a bit of a surprise to me since the two cars are on the same platform. I thought they would be very similar, if not identical, in width, so that's interesting. And then the height difference, the most obvious one, the most plainly obvious when you see it in person, a height difference of 7.2 inches, so quite a bit taller on the Model Y. Here's some more figures for you if they are of interest. The wheelbase on the Model Y, 113.8 inches, and the ground clearance, this is probably a big one for those of you uh, who like SUVs either largely or at least in part because they're a little higher off the ground. They might be a little easier to get in and out of for a lot of people. That ground clearance, 6.6 .6 inches. And then the little thing I teased, there's an off-road mode 
in the software that you can toggle on or off, which I was very surprised by. It, the description of it is as follows, the, the Tesla description. Adjusts traction control to optimize performance off-road. Some autopilot safety features, such as automatic emergency braking and lane departure avoidance features, are not available when off-road assist, assist pardon me, is enabled. Well, I have to say, I can't imagine very many Model Ys are ever, under any circumstance, going to find themselves off-road. And honestly, I would say the same about any SUV, crossover or otherwise, for most American families. But it's cool that Tesla thought of that and went ahead and included a traction control mode for that specific use case. So I'm sure there will be people testing that feature out just to see how it works and see what it does. And if there is anything of note there, I will follow up on a subsequent future episode of Ride the Lightning. Next this week, and speaking of the Model Y, Tesla manufactured their one millionth car ever this week. And that vehicle, if you're curious, I don't have a vehicle identification number. They didn't release that information. But it is a red Model Y performance with black interior and the 21-inch Uber turbine wheels, which tells you that it has the performance upgrade package. So congratulations on to Tesla there. And I would think it should be about two years or so to get to the next million, because Tesla's guiding about 500,000 uh, production and delivery in 2020, and I would think it should be the same or more in 2021. So probably two years at the high end, maybe even something like a year and a half, year and seven, eight, nine months. But there you go. And if you're curious now, as I was, I'm not sure if this includes the 2,500 original Tesla Roadsters that were made. Since those were built by Lotus and then assembled by Tesla, so it's do you count those, do you not? Either way, uh, 2,500 would only be a, about, you know, a day or two, actually, I guess two, two and a half days worth of difference at this point between what the one millionth car or when the one millionth car would have been purchased or manufactured rather, and it probably still would be a Model Y. I want to say again, congratulations to literally everyone on the Tesla team in every department at every level that's ever been an employee because you everybody that fits in that large under that large umbrella that I just put up every one of those people had a hand in helping Tesla get to a million cars and that is you know Tesla's got what 40,000 employees now so we're talking many many tens of thousands of people over the years who have helped Tesla get to this point it's it's a fantastic achievement. It really is. It's, it's just a, a wonderful thing. And it's such a great milestone on Tesla's quest to get internal combustion engine cars off the road and replace them with electric vehicles. The reality is you can't change an industry like the automotive industry overnight. It's completely impossible. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes brilliance at all levels of the company from the top down. And quite frankly, it takes some good luck, too. And Tesla's had all four. Tesla was on the verge of bankruptcy multiple times, going back to the original Roadster. If you watch Who Killed... Or I guess it would be... No, if you watched uh, the second one, who... Uh, was it Revenge of the... No. Return of the Electric Car, I think, is the name. I can never remember the name of the second one. Anyway, the, the sequel to Who Killed the Electric Car, it kind of it really zeroes in on that. And, and shows some interesting video footage from that era of Tesla when the financial recession hit at that point, right, as the Roadster was due to release. It was, it was a dicey period, and there have been dicey periods since, you know, including with the, the Model 3 and the production ramp. I mean, things, things have, been, uh, have been touch and go at various times, and, and again, it took everything. It took time. It took energy. It took brilliance, and it took some good luck for Tesla to get to where they are and it's just great. One million vehicles. Here's to the next million very soon. Next up, Elon Musk continues to be thinking about how to build the Cybertruck. They have so many pre-orders 
They got to build the Cybertruck and have enough battery capacity to do it. You may remember that a few weeks ago, Elon brought up the idea of Giga Texas. Well, this past week, he tweeted, quote, Scouting locations for Cybertruck Gigafactory will be Central USA Model Y production for East Coast 2. So a centrally located U.S. plant that would build the Cybertruck at a separate facility. Though I got to figure the Cybertruck will likely start out being produced at either the Fremont factory or Gigafactory 1 in Reno if Cybertruck stays on schedule for fall 2021. Because the reality is, unless a new Gigafactory in the United States can move, can can get uh, the site chosen, get ground broken, and get construction going at an incredible rate, the new plant likely would not be done in time for the start of Cybertruck production. And interesting, too, that Elon says that facility would also make Model Y for the eastern half of the United States. So Elon remaining very bullish on the demand for the Y. I would presume that if that, if and when that comes to be, that would mean that Tesla could run one fewer Model Y production line in Fremont, maybe, uh, if they have a dedicated plant for the Y, they could potentially pull, uh, not all of it, obviously, because it's, the, again, Model Y for the East Coast, in this centrally located plant, but they could cut, they could perhaps reduce uh, production, reduce the manufacturing footprint in Fremont to free it up for something else, perhaps the Roadster. I could see the Roadster being done out of a little corner in Fremont, largely hand-built. It'll be relatively low volume. Obviously, the semi-truck, way, way too big. I, I can't imagine that vehicle is going to be built in Fremont. I've I've said it before on this podcast. I absolutely believe, and it's it's not like I'm making some grand, brilliant prediction in doing so, but I've got to think that that semi is going to get done in Reno at the Gigafactory. So uh, as to where this will be, that's the big question, right? Where is this thing going to be? Well, your guess is as good as mine, because as with Gigafactory 1, which had if you remember, if you go back pretty far now in Tesla history, Gigafactory 1 in Reno had California, Arizona, New Mexico, and Nevada all trying to woo Tesla with some sweetheart tax break incentives. Obviously, Nevada was chosen as the victor there. I'm sure that a new Tesla plant in the central United States would, would uh, also create a multi-state uh, wooing process to try and win Tesla's business there. And and naturally, Tesla will take the best deal, I imagine. More power to them, quite frankly, so long as it's a fair deal for the taxpaying citizens of that state as well. Thankfully, the Gigafactory 1 deal has worked out pretty well so far for Reno. Lots of jobs created, no real downsides to Tesla being there that I've read about or heard about. So, Place your bets now. Could be anywhere. Uh, I had Tim Hyde, a, a regular listener, was was lobbying for his neck of the woods in Little Rock, Arkansas. Could be Texas. Could be. I mean, there's there's really there's plenty of land in the in the central United States relative to the coast, like relative to out here in the Bay Area. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out for for Elon and for Tesla, but. Uh, it's, I, I, I'm curious to the timeline as well. Is this something that's going to come together this year and break ground at some point before the calendar flips to 2021, or is this more of a preliminary effort and we won't see any real movement on it for a while, but I will definitely be keeping an eye on this one. Next up this week, there is some inception level, Christopher Nolan inception level Easter egging going on at Tesla these days. So I don't know if you've tried it yet, but you're aware of the camp mode that every Tesla has now that leaves all of your systems running, your HVAC, and just lets everything run, uh, draw power from the battery if you are camping. So is, uh, is that now home to another secret? Yes, it is. It, was al it already kind of had 
an Easter egg in it, which I'm going to tell you about here in a second. And now that Easter egg has an Easter egg in that. So it's it's a multi-layer Easter egg going on. Somi, a.k.a. Tesla Girl, posted on Twitter, and she mentions that this came from a Tesla Facebook group that she's in. Somi noted the Easter egg within the Easter egg that's been hiding in plain sight right in front of all of us is that there is a Cybertruck in the background of the camp mode screensaver image. It's behind the big tree, and if you look in the image, it's between the campfire itself and the fold-out chair with the stuffed animal on it. If you look in the background between those two, those two foreground objects, you will see a very subtle, dimly lit Cybertruck-shaped uh, object <laughs> sitting back there. And how awesome is that? It's great. I would say, just go give it a look sometime. I did. I actually had to check, like, how do I get to this again? So to get to it, you have to first enable camp mode, just with the car in park, press the fan icon, and then press camp mode. And then you have to wait about 10 to 12 minutes. I admit I didn't time it. And you got to be doing nothing with the car. Just sit there. So just don't, don't touch anything on the screen. Just hang out for 10 to 12 minutes, and then it will start the campsite screensaver, if you want to call it that, which, as I said, it's got the campfire, it's got chairs, and then the Cybertruck in the background. And again, I say this with every cool Easter egg that Tesla does, and they've done so many at this point, this is the kind of fun little thing that Tesla does so well that just adds a nice extra layer of fun to its products. I love seeing more of this. More of it, please, Tesla. I love it. All right. Uh, Before I wrap up the news segment for this week, a couple of quick rumors to leave you with. I don't often do rumors, but when they come credibly, I am happy to pass them on. Then again, with an asterisk here, remember to take these as just that, rumors. Don't make any big decisions based off of what you're about to hear because things can change or rumors can prove to be not quite true. So with that caveat uh, laid out there, first, the seven-seat Model Y I am hearing may arrive sooner than 2021. I'm hearing that it might happen in Q4 of this year. So if you're waiting for the seven-seat Model Y, you may want to just kind of take a look at your plan and... See if, you know, obviously you don't have to take it if it becomes available earlier. You can, if you're planning for 2021, you can stick to that plan. But if, uh, if it is in your interest and in your ability to, to take it earlier, you might want to start lining things up and maybe, maybe you will get lucky and have one in time for the holidays this year. Uh, I think that would be great, obviously, if Tesla has been running so far ahead of schedule on this. I think it's worth pointing out. I mean, I've mentioned it before, but Tesla originally announced, in fact, one year ago, as of the the date of this podcast, one year ago, Tesla unveiled the Model Y. And when they did that, they said deliveries are estimated to begin in fall of 2020. And with deliveries occurring this week, confirmed it happened They're officially six months ahead of schedule on the Model Y, and that's just great. I mean, that shows the signs of a maturing company, of one that that under-promised and over-delivered. It's it's such a great thing to see, particularly in light of how things went with the Model 3. Obviously, not ideally for Tesla or for anyone else. A lot of growing pains, a a lot of just difficult times, long days and nights and weekends for for that team. So to see the Model Y be delivered six months early is just awesome. And now here the seven-seat version may follow suit about three-plus months early on that. Second, I'm told that my guess last week about what the first full self-driving features will be was correct. It seems that I was thinking uh, along the lines same lines as Tesla there, and that is this. The first features may be, again, rumor, that the car will stop at stop signs, and it will stop at red lights, but it will not make turns right away. And 
It will stop, but it will not go at green lights. Evidently, there will be a chime, the car will chime, when the light turns green, at which point you tap on the accelerator and the car will continue on its journey. I mean, that would make sense for it to go that way, because in the first public versions of this, it would obviously be safest to have the driver be required to tell the car to proceed after stopping at a red light or a stop sign, rather than the car doing so completely on its own. Super exciting stuff here. I absolutely cannot wait to get it. And now that so many of us have been upgraded to Hardware 3, we're ready. We are armed and ready for these features. It's going to be really great to see how that happens over the course of this year and how it evolves. Finally, uh, not rumors here, but a couple of other little things about the Model Y that I was tipped off to that you might find interesting. First, the rear trunk has two compartments underneath, like sub-trunks uh, that you may you may have known about that. I'm not sure if, if pardon me if that's, if that's uh, already been out there, but maybe it's new information to you. I don't, it vaguely ring, rung a bell for me, but I couldn't place it. So in any case, interesting info regardless. Second, the frunk has been described to me by someone who has uh, been at the Model Y up close as Model X deep. Uh, it's not as large. There's not, it's not as much volume, but it is a, a much deeper frunk than the Model 3, which again makes sense given that the Model Y is stretched a good bit taller than the Model 3, what it was, what, seven inches, I think it was, the, the number I gave earlier in the episode. And then uh, here's, here's an interesting little tidbit. The sun visors in the Model Y are magnetically connected to the roof of the cabin, so they'll, they'll have a little bit of a different feel to them when you dock them, when you put them away, than in the Model 3, so thought that was a, a fun little thing to pass on. Uh, here's one I definitely didn't know. The on-screen rendering of the Model Y when you open the doors, you know, on the left side of the center screen. So the on-screen rendering, that top-down view, bird's-eye view of the Model Y, uh, when you open the doors, it is now, on the, on the Model Y, it is a smooth animation. It shows the door opening or closing rather than just the open or closed static frame image that it is on the Model 3. That's pretty cool. That's just one of those, again, super little things that's really fun. I, I, my guess is that the uh, UI team member that did that probably wasn't even told to do that. I, I'm guessing that that person just wanted to do it and went the extra mile and, and put it in there and then showed everybody and everybody was like, hey, that's super cool. So uh, hopefully they'll do the same on the Model 3 soon enough via a software update. I mean, after all, it's the same MCU powering the Model 3 as what powers the Model Y. So seemingly there'd be nothing to, to stop that from, from uh, making its way over to the Model 3 as well. And finally, this one isn't a, a tip or a rumor, but rather just something of interest straight out of the Model Y owner's manual that's now been published online, and that is this. The Model Y includes, straight from the factory, installed, ready to go, it includes a wireless phone charging pad with the car, which is good news for everyone out there except for Jada, my friends at Jada, who uh, that, that will no doubt uh, not make their day. But it is good news for everybody that you'll just have a wireless phone charging pad built into every Model Y. and Because, heck, that, that saves every Model Y owner that would have been interested in that feature $100 instead of uh, buying it from, from Jada or one of the other vendors. But I also would expect, again, that the Model 3 will probably get this as a standard feature any minute now. In fact, I, I, I would expect that the same... So there are two tweaks to the center console that we know of now. It's the wireless charging pad that's built in and the USB-C ports that I told you about. I think that was last week, if not the show before. So the USB-C ports on the back of the center console and the wireless charging pad seems to be a center console 
version 1.1, and yeah, I would expect that would go into the Model 3 as well anytime now. For all I know, it might be going in now, and, and it'll be delivered uh, in cars this month or next month, so good stuff there. And that's everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news, but stick with me. A bunch of your excellent phone calls are up next. A lot of great discussion topics to get to this week. So stick with me in the Ride the Lightning hotline. I'll be right back with that right after this. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning hotline, your chance to ask questions bring up some comments or discussion topics as they pertain to everything in the world of Tesla. If you'd like to call in, I invite you, I welcome you to do so. You can call in in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please keep it to a minute and a half, that's 90 seconds or less, and email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com or you can call and leave a message anytime day or night on the ride the lightning hotline it's a toll-free number which you can call or skype and it's 1-888-989-8752 that's 1-888-989-TSLA and if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday anniversary graduation or some other special occasion you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special the recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more let me kick it off with sid from huntington valley with a note on mcu1 to mcu2 upgrades sid you're on the air hi ryan it's sid from huntington valley you uh, had some comments about the new MCU-2 for SNX. The reason it does not do the radio is that the tuner in the SNX old style is analog. The tuner in the SNX new style is digital. Without replacing the tuner, which is underneath the MCU, they can't reconnect it. It's not an antenna issue. It's a tuner issue. Hopefully in the future they may also offer changing out the tuner so you can keep your radio as well as keeping the MCU-2. In addition, you talked about adding $500 option for LTE plus the MCU. Please reread the MCU specs. MCU 2 replacement includes a 5G cellular modem. You do not need the LTE upgrade. Have a good week. Sid, thank you very much for both that clarification on the reason for the loss of AM, FM, and XM when you upgrade to MCU 2 like I talked about last week as well as thank you for the note about the LTE upgrade. I obviously missed that, and so I super appreciate you calling in with this. I think that's great that you get the LTE upgrade. It is, by the way, it's LTE, not 5G, which you mentioned, just to be clear. We're not quite to 5G yet, but I do think Tesla will get there before too long. But anyway, yeah, I, I think it's wonderful that you get the LTE upgrade with the MCU2 upgrade. That really makes it an extra nice quality of life improvement for those older cars in the fleet that decide to do this upgrade and it's $2,500 for both rather than having to throw in that extra 500 to get the LTE upgrade. So love it. Thanks again, Sid. Let me go next to Chris in Chicago uh, thinking why maybe Cybertruck. Let's hear from Chris. Hi, Ryan. This is Chris from Chicago. Uh, I just want to say I'm very excited for all these upcoming Model Y deliveries. I was very—I don't have an order for one. I was very close to, but determining that I don't need it, and I'd rather hold out for the Cybertruck. Um, but I was very curious. I, I haven't seen anything definitive. Wondering if you could uh, shed some light on it. I know it was speculated that the Model Y had a towing package, and there was a tow cover in place at the unveiling. Um, just wondering what the, if you know, what the, the towing capacity would be of the Model Y. Um, love to hear your thoughts. Great show. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Hey, Chris. I have a feeling this is going to be a common question as the Model Y rolls out. And unfortunately, Tesla hasn't spoken to it yet. It will have a towing package, but it doesn't yet. So that means we also don't know what the towing capacity will be. It's probably reasonable to presume that it might be a bit less than the Model X's towing capacity, since obviously the Model Y is a smaller vehicle. Now, for reference, I guess this, this week's show is all about references and reference points. 
The X can tow up to 5,000 pounds if you're running the standard 20-inch wheels. If you've got the 22-inch Onyx wheels on there, it's 3,500 pounds of towing capacity. As soon as I get either official word from somebody at Tesla or somebody at Tesla tips me off on the towing capacity, I will definitely pass it along because I know that's information that a lot of people wanting to know that, pardon me, that want to know that information, including Dave from Yorktown, Virginia, who also called in asking about that this week. So thank you, Dave. Thank you, Chris. And I want to go next to Art in Westchester County. Had a scary situation at a uh, supercharger recently. Go ahead, Art. Hi, Ryan. This is Art from Westchester County, New York. I was driving south to uh, visit my sister recently, and I pulled into a charging station. I can't remember the name of the town, but it was in a remote location, and there wasn't much around. Uh, It was about 10 o'clock at night when another car pulled in front of my car, kind of blocking me in, and three guys got out. They looked at my car and decided to drive off when another Tesla came in to the charging station. I didn't know if they were up to no good, but I was thinking that there was no way for me to really get out of there for two reasons. One was that my car was plugged in and being charged, and the other reason was that the car was in front of me. Uh, I was thinking that maybe Tesla should think about some kind of an emergency eject button for the charger in a situation where you have to get out quickly. Just wondering what you think about that. And also the second question I have is maybe there should be some or comment is maybe there should be some way to uh, evaluate some of these charging stations and not put them in such remote locations where no one else is around, especially at night. Thanks, Ryan. Love the show. Bye. Art, I am truly sorry to hear that that happened to you. That is definitely scary, and I am glad to hear that you're okay. Uh, You are definitely not the first person to have suggested an emergency quick release on the charging cable, which, to be clear, is different than the manual release cable located on the inside of the trunk. Now, my only other advice, I guess not other, but my only advice here, which I realize, I want to caveat this by saying I realize it's very, very easy to say this in hindsight from the safety and comfort of my home versus the stress that you experienced in the heat of that moment is, I guess for anybody else, if you ever find yourself in that uncomfortable kind of situation, stay in the car with the doors locked. And if you can't get away, you might consider reminding anybody that shows ill intent that the car is recording everything that's happening from all angles, including their faces and including their vehicle's license plate. Now, a properly trained law enforcement officer, who I know I have those listening to this show, would probably have much, much better advice than me. In fact, I don't really know what the best way to handle that would be. The the staying in the car and just that's that sounds sounds good to me, but I'm I'm pretty confident in that part that that's probably uh, one of the best things you can do. But anyway, uh, to your final point there, Art, about superchargers and where they're located. I mean, they do by nature need to be in remote locations so that you can get where you need to go on long distance trips. But I do agree. I, I hear what you're saying. It would be nice if they were always at some sort of well-lit public place, like a shopping center, even a little convenience store on the road, something like that, even on these kind of remote places like like uh, you encountered there. So they typically are, thankfully. Most, most superchargers are near something, but it's understandable that they're not all there. So, uh, you know, hopefully Tesla keeps that stuff in mind and that's always the, the first choice is to have it near other things as they continue to, to build out the supercharger network. So thank you again, Art, for your call. Tyler from Ording, Washington is next. Go ahead, Tyler. Hi, Ryan. This is Tyler from uh, Ording, Washington. Uh, I'm a big fan of yours, uh, pretty much all your shows. I listen to podcasts and locked and filtered, and then I hopped on this one after your Elon episode. It's uh, kind of crazy, but I own a PS4 and I drive a Ford F-150. 
But new consoles coming out and the Cybertruck reveal. I'm looking for uh, big changes next few years. I had that same uh, hate to love moment with the Cybertruck and ended up putting in a deposit a week after the reveal. However, I am a noob to the Tesla world and I'm kind of confused on how the process of buying the Cybertruck will work. I understand that when it's closer to actual launch day, I'll need to put real money down. But then does the truck just get delivered to my house? And then before before having to actually put money down to the purchase, do you think I can go to Seattle or something and find a Tesla dealership and test drive the Cybertruck and actually see it in person before I commit to buying it? I know the Cybertruck hasn't been released yet, but I'm just hoping you had some insight on this. Thanks for all you do, Ryan. I listen to all your shows without owning anything you talk about, and I hope you take that as a compliment. Thanks for all you do. Big fan. Later. Welcome to the podcast, Tyler. I am happy to help you here. When it comes time for your Cybertruck to be delivered to you, it might end up being the case that a Tesla employee drives the truck to your home and delivers it straight to you, doing home delivery. That has been the case at times in the past, with the original Roadster, with the S, with the X, and with the Model 3. But they might also ask you to come and pick it up at one of Tesla's Seattle area stores. So be prepared either way. And to answer your other question, yes, you are of course more than welcome to defer your delivery until you're able to test drive the Cybertruck for yourself. Plenty of folks are doing that now with the Model Y. A fair word of warning on that, though, and, and believe me, I'm not excusing Tesla in this, just stating it as a, a strong possibility given how Tesla has operated uh, in the past and up till now uh, with the Y. It might be a while before you get that opportunity. Demand is obviously very high for the Cybertruck as, as of now, as it also was for the Model 3. It took some number of months for Model 3 test drives to become available and for them to show up in showrooms. So I suppose it's going to be a matter of how patient you are, really. Now, an alternative would be to go see one at a Seattle-area Tesla Owners Club event and maybe even get a ride in one uh, from, an, from a super early adopter from another kind owner who's willing to take you out in it, which, in my experience, Tesla owners are almost always super happy to do, especially for fellow fellow Tesla people. So you know, you've got a few options there. We'll see how things shake out over the next you know year and a half, two years or so. I hope that helps, and thank you for your call. Let me go down now to Daniel in Orange County. Go ahead, Daniel. Hey, Ryan. Daniel from Orange County, responding to the caller about the, the tin sounding noise on the back seat floor in the middle section. You said you just learned about that. Uh, it's been like that as long as I've had the car, and um, my understanding was that was the whole fluffer bot thing. Remember the fluffer bot that Elon was getting rid of? And because there's all fluff down in that area, it causes that sound instead of there being no sound. They said there was no impact by taking that fluff off, but I don't agree. All right, have a good day. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. That does totally make sense. Uh, see, this is why I love the call-in part of the podcast, because I get to learn new stuff, too. Thanks again, Daniel. Brian from Michigan wants to talk Hardware 3 Upgrade. You're on the air, Brian. And this is Brian calling from Charlevoix, Michigan. And my question has to do with the Hardware 3 Upgrade I'm waiting for. Um, I live so far north, I'm probably over 300 miles from uh, Toledo. And early on, I saw where Elon said the upgrade could be done through the mobile service. But it looks like uh, everything that I've been reading is that it's that, that they're doing them in the um, service centers. So um, that's my question is if, if that's possible. It doesn't look like it is, but uh, haven't really seen anybody confirm that one way or the other. Thank you. Love the podcast. Hey, Brian, thanks for your call. Here's the latest that I have. S and X can be done with mobile service. Uh, now, you didn't mention which Tesla you have, but if you have a 3, those originally hadn't been doable with mobile service. But I've seen a couple of reports recently about other folks like yourself who live far away from a service center 
and have been able to get their Model 3 Hardware 3 upgrade done by a Tesla Ranger. I can't say for sure if that's 100% true, if that's policy across the board, but it does dovetail with the widespread reports recently that the Hardware 3 upgrades are being turned around super quickly now, like say within a couple of hours. So I would recommend doing this. I would make an appointment in your app, note how far away you are in the notes. I mean, they can see that, but put it in the notes and mention that you would like it done by mobile service due to your uh, long distance location from the service center. And hopefully Tesla will get you squared away or at worst, they'll call you and give you an update on when that will be possible. Good luck to you, Brian. Now, Damon from Northbrook, Illinois, with a couple questions. Go ahead, Damon. Hey, Ryan, this is Damon out of Northbrook, Illinois again. Two quick questions. One is, you have mentioned in the past that you guys own a Mini as your second car, and that your wife would like to go electric now, but that she still wants to have a small car because of the streets where you guys live. And I was curious if you had considered the electric Mini. It seems to be a good around town car, maybe not as much range for uh, long commuting, but um, just curious your thoughts on that. Uh, Looks like China might have a smaller Tesla sometime down the road, but that might be a longer wait than you guys want. Um, And then my second question is about the Cybertruck. I am looking at the front row and curious about the middle seat. think it's a law that you have to have airbags for all front passengers now, but it seems that I can't imagine how they're going to do an airbag for the middle passenger with that screen in front of them, unless it's going to somehow come out of the screen or under or around the screen. Curious if you have any thoughts on that or if any of your listeners do. All right. Well, hope you are well and uh, enjoy the podcast and keep it up. Take care. Bye. Well, Damon, she did look at it just online, not yet in person, because her Mini now has very low mileage thanks to her extremely short commute. So her plan is to just run it into the ground, which hopefully won't be for a number of years yet. But when that day comes, if Tesla doesn't have anything that's super small, that's kind of mini-sized, we probably will take a long, hard look at that car. Now, as to your Tesla question about the airbag for the front middle seat, I admit I had not considered that, and it is an excellent question. My thinking on it for now is, I suppose, the same as when people have asked about things like pedestrian safety with with regard to a very hard-skinned, bulletproof stainless steel truck and the, the possibility of that truck hitting a person, a pedestrian. And uh, that that same thinking is, that Tesla makes the safest lineup of cars in the world, bar none. That is an objective fact. And so for the time being, at least I I won't say we, I am going to give Tesla the benefit of the doubt on this. I mean, maybe the final production truck won't end up having that fold-down middle seat for the very reason you mentioned, but perhaps Tesla's already thought about that and all, uh, already figured it out. It's another interesting detail that I'm going to be eager to learn more about. Thanks so much, Damon. Tom from New Jersey is up next, also talking Cybertruck. Go ahead, Tom. Hey, Ryan. This is Tom from New Jersey. I'm calling regarding Jay's question last week about the Cybertruck steering wheel. I remember about a month ago, Tesla filing a patent for a new steering wheel that had gesture control and touch pads. So I wouldn't be surprised if the new Roadster or the Cybertruck had this kind of a steering wheel and did away with the turn signal stock and the shifting stock entirely. And as far as this being legal in in the States, I'm not too sure, but I do know that newer Lamborghinis have a turn signal toggle switch that's on the steering wheel. So I think it could be a possibility for this being a steering wheel in the future. Thanks. That is entirely possible, Tom. I'd love to see it. And that's a cool note about the Lamborghini. I have to say, I did not know that. Thank you for calling in. Uh, two more calls this week. One, two, excuse me. Yeah, two more. Howard from Maryland is my penultimate caller for the week, who is uh, trying to help a coworker out with a, with a new Model 3. Go ahead, Howard. Ryan, Howard from Maryland here. First, I would like to publicly thank you for your prompt responses to emails. 
I generally have an aversion to voicemails and definitely do not like listening to the sound of my own voice. I am confident there are other members of your listening audience that can empathize with me. Second, I have a dilemma related to a new Model 3 driver with whom I work. My coworker, who will remain unnamed, loves her new car but is afraid of using all the cool driver assistance safety features because she, quote, is not into gadgets and does not trust what the car is telling her. I have suggested to her that perhaps she would be more comfortable if she were able to attend a driving course that is specific to Model 3 vehicles. Question. Do you think Tesla would, or should, consider offering closed course driving instruction for older drivers who are uncomfortable with these newer safety features? Thank you for considering this question. I look forward to listening to your feedback. Howard, welcome to the hotline. I appreciate your call. While it's not quite what you're asking for, Tesla used to do new owner orientations that would allow people to come down on a certain day, usually a weekend, and ask all the questions they wanted. It'd be kind of a group thing open to new owners. They could ask whatever they want about their new car and have the, those questions answered by knowledgeable employees. It didn't include on-the-road portions to the best of my knowledge, but it was something. I think your coworker's best bet might be to attend a local club event. You've got a very large Tesla contingent down there in the Virginia, D.C. area, and perhaps there'd be an event where she could take her car out with a fellow owner in maybe a big empty parking lot or uh, something somewhere and try out some of the car's features with someone there to talk her through it or otherwise help her out if she wants it. I get it with the Model 3. I mean, it's it's a, or any Tesla, uh, any electric vehicle, really. It's a radical leap for most people that are coming over from a gas car on, on just about every level. And that very much includes autopilot and the driver assistance features. I'm still waiting on Tesla to do a better job themselves of onboarding new owners with, say, what I've called for in the past is an interactive walkthrough on the touchscreen that you can that you have to go through when you first get it. I mean, you could close out of it, I guess, if you want to, but you, you, it would walk you through it when you first got the car and took delivery, and then obviously you could always pull it up again later if you wanted to refer back to it. I'd love to see that become a reality, but for now, the community is usually standing by and ready to help folks out. Thank you, Howard. And finally this week, last, certainly not least, Sean from Woodstock, Illinois, uh, doesn't have a Tesla yet, but wants to talk Tesla. Let's do that. Sean, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. This is Sean calling from uh, Woodstock, Illinois. Uh, if you're unfamiliar where that is, it's in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. It's actually where they filmed the movie Groundhog Day. Uh, anyway, I just have a quick uh, couple of questions about potentially buying a Model 3 Performance. I actually don't have a Tesla yet, but I have test-driven a few, and I'm pretty sure that's the direction I want to go. I'm currently driving a Cadillac ELR, but uh, the wife and I just had a baby. So the two doors aren't very practical. Uh, we've narrowed our search for a new car down to the Model 3 Performance, but I'm having trouble deciding whether or not to go with the default stealth mode or to check the little box to add the wheels, brake, etc. So on the one hand, it would be nice to have the aero wheels for the extended range and uh, the cheaper tires and possibly a little bit better ride quality, but it would also be nice to have the new great performance wheels and the upgraded brakes and everything else. I guess my first question would be, do you think it's worth going with the nicer wheels, even though I'll lose a couple of miles in range, and the tires are going to probably be a lot more expensive? Um, I'll have to be honest, it's also nice checking the box, because with all the visual cues, like the brakes, the spoilers, tire uh, wheels, rather, um, people know that you have the performance models. Otherwise, they're just like thinking, well, you just have an all-wheel drive. So that kind of plays into it a little bit. Uh, my second question would be about track mode. Now, uh, version 2 just came out. My question is, will the quote-unquote stealth model even come with track mode? Uh, it's been kind of unclear, uh, so if anyone can actually confirm that if they have the 
uh, stealth uh, version that they actually get the track mode because the box actually includes saying track mode, so it's kind of not really clear. Um, and that would be a deal breaker because I want that. Uh, anyways, thanks for taking my question. Been a listener since episode 200. <laughs> got, you probably have a lot of those, and uh, I've listened to every episode ever since. I just want to tell you, you're doing a great job. You're always uh, very nice to everybody on the phone. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say thanks. Great to hear from you, Sean. And, hey, I really appreciate your kind words there. I'm happy to help you. Uh, the honest answer here, and I say this as someone who knowingly made the same decision that you're wrestling with now, is that it is a heart versus brain decision. The P3D Plus, a.k.a. the performance with the performance upgrade package, has tires that don't last as long and cost more to replace. And yes, the range takes a pretty decent hit on the 20s too versus the 18s or even the 19s. Ride quality? Eh, I'd say negligible difference there based on the times that I've ridden along in my friend's Model 3 who has 18-inch aero wheels on his. Uh, my other concern for you, given where you live, is winter. You can get winter tires for the 20-inch wheels, or you could get chains. But again, the range hit on the wheels plus your cold weather range hit is something to be aware of. Uh, I'm very lucky I live in a climate where I can leave those summer tires on year-round and really not worry about it. You would either need to get a set of winter tires or a set of winter tires and wheels, just where you swap on and swap off the wheels and tires. And by the way, though, you do get track mode 2.0 in the Stealth Performance Model 3. All that said, it is totally okay if you want to go with your heart on this one, as I did. Because yes, the 20-inch wheels look awesome, they grip like mad, they corner great, and yes, the bigger brakes look awesome, and you do get those uh, sweet red calipers as well, but... That's my opinion. It's it is a heart versus brain decision, because uh, in the in the practicality column, the uh, the plus package doesn't really doesn't really win a lot of points. But feel free to email me privately if you have any other questions on this specific topic. And good luck in your decision. That's all the calls I've got time for this week. Thanks to everybody for calling in. Again, I welcome you to do so if you feel so inclined, if, uh, if inspiration strikes and you wanted to ask a Tesla question, uh, you had a comment or bring up a discussion topic, you can call in in one of those two easy ways that I mentioned at the top of the segment. Stick around, though. Not quite done with this episode. Got a little bit more for you, including the pro tip of the week right after this. Hey, before I get to the pro tip of the week, a couple little notes from uh, just day-to-day -day use of my car. Has anybody else noticed on version 2020.8.1, I'm seeing a new, the, the probably the most minor little bug of all time. <laughs> I've never seen this before, which is why I wonder if it's now been just introduced by accident. Uh, the, the song countdown bar, that little bar underneath the song title, when you're when you're streaming off of Slacker, that that gets you know that goes along to show you how far along you are in the song, uh, that stopped working randomly on some songs, not all songs, but some songs. Does that happen to anybody else? No, it seems like it's the silliest little thing, but I have noticed that recently. Whereas it, I've never ever seen that before in you know eighteen thousand miles of owning this thing so far. Uh, and then the other thing is. I noticed a, a fun little use case for the full self-driving visualization preview where, among other things, it will show stoplights and what color they are. So uh, there's, there's a, a road I take on my way home, and lately, the sun, the, the time I go home, the sun's been right in my eyes, just like the real bad low sun angle, just that exact worst point to drive, right? To go in that direction. And there's a stoplight there along the way. And I swear it's, it, it hurts my eyes to look, but so I've started, you know, there's, there's usually cars in front of me too, but I'll take a look and I'll just watch the screen 
and wait for it to go green to save my eyes a little bit of strain from having to look at actually out through the windshield. So I, I've been doing that to make taking advantage of that fun little visualization preview for that purpose. I wonder if anybody else is doing that as well. All right, time for a pro tip of the week. And I remind you, I would love for you to send these in. If you have a pro tip of the week, something interesting about your Tesla that is not obvious, that maybe uh, you just realized or that others might not be aware of. And hey, this applies to Model Y now too, because the Ys are getting out there. Everybody's going to be learning new things about the Y. And more and more of you out there will be getting Ys as time goes on. Not only Ys, Y-S, but W-I-S-E. You're all getting wise as well. That's Hopefully that's one thing this podcast does. It helps make you wise with regard to Tesla. Anyway, uh, if you have a pro tip, send it in. Please, I welcome that. Uh, you can send it to the same, same, send it in the same way that you send in a phone call, either emailing me a recorded file of 90 seconds or less to teslapodcast at gmail.com or by sending it in to the Ride the Lightning hotline, the number of which, again, is... Or is it? There it is, 1-888-989-8752. You'd think I'd have that memorized by now. And I think I do. It's just, you know, spur of the moment. Want to be sure I get it right. Anyway, here's your pro tip of the week. It comes to me from Matt in Raleigh. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Ryan. It's Matt from Raleigh here. Just wanted to share a pro tip. Uh, actually, this is probably just a novice tip, but a lot of times when we're coming back out to our car and we want it to cool off, uh, instead of going through the app, I'll just uh, crack open one of the doors while we're loading up the groceries or whatever, and that turns on the air inside, cools the car down nicely, and uh, it's a lot faster than, than having to go through the app. So there's, there's an idea for you. Enjoy. Thank you, Matt. I suppose it's another path to the same destination, particularly if, like me, you often forget to precondition the cabin through the app before you get back to your car. Cheers, Matt. Thanks for that pro tip of the week. And uh, that'll about wrap it up. Let me just plug some friends of the show, starting with abstractocean.com. Whether you're in the market for a center console wrap for your Model 3 or, I suppose, Model Y as well, or there's always the tempered glass screen protector for the 3 and the Y. There's the Roadster-style T-E-S-L-A lettering you could put across the back. Uh, I wonder who's going to be the first person to do that on a Y. There's also, gosh, there's all the lighting kits, all the cool lighting kits. Check it all out, abstractocean.com. And then for 15% off of your first order, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, RTL podcast at checkout for that 15% first time discount. Thank you, Abstract Ocean. And then, hey, Immaculate Reflections. Jeff at Immaculate Reflections wanted me to remind you that not only is he continuing his awesome offer for listeners of this podcast, and that being $100 off of any ceramic coating package or partial paint protection film package, that, that ups to a $250 discount if you're doing a full-body paint protection film. He reminds you that uh, in these, in these uh, quarantine-y kind of times, he reminds you that what better place to, to do business with than someone who, uh, I, have to, I have to read his words here because they're so good. Uh, he said, he reads his, he washes his hands. I just got it. This is so good. What better place to visit than someone who is a pain protection film and ceramic coating installer who washes his hands 20 to 30 times a day and works with soap and water and isopropyl alcohol all day long. I mean, not to, not to make light of the situation, but uh, Jeff just reminding you that Immaculate Reflections is here for you. And if you have a brand new Model Y, brand new Model 3, or SRX, go see him. If you're in the Bay Area or taking delivery of the Bay Area, he will really help protect well, beautify and protect your car and keep it looking factory new or better than factory new, depending what services you want to uh, tee up with him. Anyway, you can visit his website for scheduling info, contact info, all that and more, irdetailing.com. Meanwhile, Jada, uh, they may be 
uh, frowning this week at news that the Model Y has a built-in wireless charging pad, but as of now, the Model 3 doesn't. So if you've got a 3 and you want a wireless charging pad for your Qi-compatible wireless uh, charging smartphone, you can get that as well as a, and or I should say, the USB hub. Now the USB hub should fit the Y, but again, we'll have to wait for confirmation on that. So if you're interested in either or both of those, I would humbly ask that you use my referral link there because they'll throw me a few bucks if you uh, come to their website through my referral link. So that link is getjada.com. That's Jada spelled J-E-D-A. Getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. And then there's puretesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for dash cam slash sentry mode needs, 128 gig, 256 gig, whichever way you want to go. Uh, the former is $49. The latter is $69. It's turnkey. It's ready to go. It ships free if you're in the United States, uh, modest shipping rate if it ships internationally. And you just take it out of the package and put it straight into your Tesla. And then you've got many, many, many hours of reliable recording, reading, writing to that drive because it is not just using USB. Uh, so that is not going to wear out like we've been seeing with a lot of people's, including I, I went through it too. It was having the, the footage no longer work or, or no longer look clear and clean. So if you need that one-stop shop, puretesla.com slash RTL. Finally, if you're not already subscribing to the podcast, you can do so for free on any of your favorite podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn. That's in your car, by the way. Just search for me in your car. Uh, I'm on YouTube, just audio only, but if you prefer to subscribe there, you can do so very easily. Just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on, on YouTube, and you'll find me no problem. And that... I think is all of the major podcast outlets. So let me uh, conclude how I usually conclude, which is by reminding you about my Patreon. If you feel that I have earned your support after however many weeks and months or years you've been listening, I would greatly appreciate you would take a, if you would take a look at my Patreon page. That's got information for uh, the different pledge levels. You can actually pledge anything you want but the different little rewards based on the tiers of pledges there. So um, again, a lot of time, a lot of energy goes into this each and every week. I pride myself on not missing a week. So uh, hopefully at some point in time, whether it's today, tomorrow, next week, next month, what have you, you might find, uh, find it uh, amenable to check that out and maybe throw a pledge my way. The page, if you want to go there, is patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N patreon.com slash tesla podcast and i will close by thanking the patreon producers they're at one of the higher tiers on the on the uh, patreon which means that among other things including early access to each week's show they get their name shouted out each and every week i want to say hi to the newest patreon producer ramey from the netherlands as well as his site teslaprotips.com he's he's a uh, archived basically the pro tip version or the pro tip section of this podcast as well as other things he's collected from around the uh, the internet so thank you Ramey as well as Pete White Wolfgang Obergen George Cassiopo David Brander Jonathan Wales Alexi Heft Logan Willis Michael Lester Robert Maracle Jason Chalukas Joe Edgel Tim Hyde Lawton from Chicago Peter Chalet Rome Strack David Vakil Ulrich Lassa Luke A Eric Randolph David Nondal Jerry and Mary Smith Brian Hope Bill Royko Lyle Austin Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peak, Scott Gillis, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Richard Folkers, Matt Kalen, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, Lisa Kaz, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, 
uh, Mark Eversall and Ish. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support. It really does make a big difference in my life. Really, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart to uh, each and every one of you and to everybody that just just for listening. I mean, that, that you would choose to spend an hour plus of your life listening to me each and every week talking about everything in the world of Tesla. I really do appreciate it. It means a lot. I have a lot of fun doing this. And that'll wrap it up. So for a, oh yeah, for a sleeping Daisy the Boxer puppy, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This has been Ride the Lightning episode 241. And with that, I wish you happy electric motoring, and I'll see you back next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.